it's like a conversation was like, I just don't know if we can handle this. You know, yeah, like if like if I'm on birth control, are we going to feel like we can just like have sex? Because, you know, like there's not much chance to have a baby. So, you know, <laughs> you, you take a, you take away the single like repercussion that you're told is like the worst possible consequence of sex. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, take that away. And sky well, we could have. We could have still given each other an STD. I mean, we didn't really know how those were. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I, I had sex ed. I don't know yeah. about you guys. Did not. Nope. No. <laughs> My sex ed ended with plants. Oh, you got to learn about stamens and pistols? Hey. Stamens, pistols, and that was it. <laughs> episode of Growing Up Christian, uh, our, our third installment of Friday Fellowship. Fellowship today Friday, we are joined. Is it Fellowship? Okay. Well, whichever. There's Fellowship <laughs> happening. Today we're joined by a very special guest, uh, the the sour to my sweet, the the hot dog to my bun. Ugh. <laughs> I hate April, you already. My, my beloved wife, April Glory. <laughs> That's really, really great. Yeah, I can be the hot dog to your bun. Aren't you the hot I always dog wanted to be a wiener. <laughs> or wait, which one was it? <laughs> whichever, whichever's fine. All right. I mean, if you so, really want to be the wiener, you can. He or is. the bun. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we can both be wieners. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> it's 2021. Great. <laughs> it's fine. Anything's fine. Sounds uh, good. I'm just excited to be fellowshipping. With you, April, yeah. it's been uh, even more. God, what? <laughs> more um, than ten years. <laughs> yeah, ten years. What was it two thousand nine when we left? Yeah. yeah. Well, and Sam didn't come to our wedding because you didn't fucking invite me. Everyone uh, was invited. I didn't know. <laughs> Joe was came. In yes, of... he was in it. You just chose not to come, and that's cool. I'm, but you know, own up to your mistake. It's possible I was invited. Did you do formal invitations? Or just like for some, call I I feel like for some people we did. I could only for, buy like a limited amount because we didn't have any money. <laughs> for Jesse and Joe, we did. Did yeah. we? <laughs> uh, you just told me I could be Jesse's plus one. I think is what happened. But like, oh, you get a be. plus one, Jesse. You can bring Sam if you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess the last time you guys would have talked would have been like May or so of two thousand nine. One of those yeah. last shows or whatever, probably. Yeah. Very yeah. strange. So, poet. God. So Sam, you've pretty much known us like all the way from the beginning because yeah. we started dating my my second semester at Liberty. It would have been in the spring. It was in April. And then the following semester you were there. So yeah, I've been around, seen some things, <laughs> heard some stories. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure they were great stories. Riveting ones about uh, the concerns and fears of going too far. Oh, yeah. That was a big subject. We were I was really concerned about that. <laughs> oh, so what was too far for you guys? April, you go first. Uh, 
Well, it it kind of like changed over time because you're kind of like, okay, this is too far. Like, but then once you do it a couple times, you're like, well, you know, maybe this is okay. Maybe like, <laughs> yep. maybe like this is too far. So it kind of just, it changed all the time. And we we're very fluid about it. That line moves. It's the movement of that line is directly proportional to how horny you are before you get married. Pretty much. Yeah. It was followed That's by true. a lot of Bible studies afterwards, though. Mm. Did you guys ever talk to um, <laughs> talk to a, a spiritual authority about it? No, no, I no. I wasn't. I wasn't ready to do that. <laughs> we were too I bashful. A, I had one of the deans talk to me about it against my will when I got in trouble. But yeesh, you know. <laughs> that Ooh, sounds you like got in uh, trouble. You got in trouble for for something that happened between us. Um. Yeah, because I think. Actually, I don't remember. There were oh, wait, no, that was a different guy. Sorry, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> there were multiple times when I got in trouble. Like, I didn't get in trouble my entire life. I go to Liberty, and I end up, like, serving 25 hours community service, paying a $250 fine, and having to sit in the dean's office, having the dean talk to me about why I shouldn't be boy crazy. <laughs> You're just so boy crazy. Oh, is that why you were, you were working? Did you do community service of the rot? Yes, I did. For all the outsiders, the rot was our dining hall. Yeah, and, and after after serving that community service, cleaning dirty dishes, the name is fully accurate. Yeah. Oh my God, I bet it is not super clean back there. Yeah, it was like I had to like empty all the old food into the trash and like put it in this like grinder. I think it was a grinder. But anyway, they, I felt like I was I was looking at vomit the entire day. They so. mashed that back into like burgers and then threw them on the on the griddle. Is that? What oh they yeah, did? I bet. I would have <laughs> who who gets to like add a you know like pump a a bucket of water into the egg powder every morning? Is that like know. a permanent employee? Did Not they, sure. It should be though. Did you uh, have any ex- direct experience with the uh, liquid eggs? <laughs> no, only after people already done with them. Ugh, God, I could I couldn't do it. A lot of people were pumped to go and like just be able to eat as much as they wanted whenever they wanted. Yeah, and that was I couldn't. I I truly hated that food, and I, apparently on the grand scale, like from what I heard, I didn't have a lot of experience elsewhere. Is that their food wasn't actually that bad, but I I don't think I ate anything other than like burgers and like chicken sandwiches or something for like at least a year yeah i I think my my first year was my each meal consisted only of a piece of pizza a side of ranch (laughs) a a big salad with ranch on top and a big glass of chocolate milk a big glass of ranch (laughs) yes basically out of the house and i'm eating chocolate milk and pizza every every meal pretty much and then you know the freshman 15 catches up to you (laughs) Oh, yeah, dude, like, me too. I guess I, I guess I need to stop, you know, drinking so much ranch. <laughs> okay, what? So what brought you to Liberty? I don't know anything about your life, so I get to interview you easier than Casey does. Perfect. Um, yeah. What was all right? What was your just general Christian background? Let's start there. So, I guess I grew up in a evangelical christian home it was bapt we went to a baptist church when i was younger and then we switched to a fundamentalist church when i was in sixth grade and i was advertise themselves as a fundamentalist church was it like yeah. something fundamentalist church that's crazy. it was it 
well, it used to be a union church, but then they changed to Bible church because they okay. were just like, we're just, we're just non-denominational or whatever. So, and then I was homeschooled from fourth grade up until 11th grade. So I went to public school for two years after that, after okay. begging my parents. And then I went to Liberty University uh, because my parents told me I must attend a Christian college. They wanted me to attend a Christian college. Nice. Did, oh, did yeah. they um, did they do the whole, if you go to, we'll, we'll only pay for it if you go to a Christian college? Or was it, you have to go to a Christian college and you have to pay for it? Uh, yeah, option B. I had to pay. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny that we fall into stuff like that because it's like, you literally have the choice. You're paying for it and you're still just yeah. like, I must comply. That's yeah. the fundamentalism, I guess. Pretty much. <laughs> you only really got to check out a couple of schools though, right? I only went to, I went to one college for a weekend at Houghton College, which was another Christian college in New York State, like upstate New York. And yeah. I chose against it because of the weather. I was like, I don't know if I want to deal with all that snow. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That weather sucks. It sucks yeah. enough in Massachusetts. Upstate New York's even worse. That's real snowy. Did you, yeah. what was your, when you switched to high school from being homeschooled, were you just like, oh my God, or are you just kind of, did you fit in? Did you feel weird? Was it a good two well, years? Well, yes and no. In some ways I did because I made friends and everything. In other ways, I was just, I didn't know how to deal with certain social situations or whatever, like dating or anything. So it was kind of weird in some ways. I was really desperate to get back into public school. Like I was, I begged my parents to go to public school in sixth grade, I think it was. And I went to the orientation and then they were like, no, 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 no. You're going to be homeschooled again. And then I went to the freshman orientation and then they were like, no, 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 no. Let's homeschool you more. And I'm just like, oh, God, oh they gosh. dangled that carrot in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I had known, I knew people from when I was younger and stuff. So, and actually what ended up happening was my school ended up having me repeat 11th grade because I didn't have enough electives after being homeschooled, my entire life was an elective, pretty much. Your parents didn't forge your transcripts like every other homeschooled kid. They probably didn't know about that. I didn't. I did not know about that until just now. I didn't know oh. do that. Oh. April's parents are like as pure as the wind-driven snow. So yeah. they, I don't think they would do that. They're, they wouldn't do that. There's there's a lot of integrity. Yeah. So, well, but I'm kind of glad because I'm glad I got two years in, kind of experiencing stuff before I went off to a Christian college. So where now, you couldn't experience stuff again. <laughs> I mean, I guess I, I did, I could, but I had to be sneaky about it. I had to up my sneak level a bit. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you, um, <laughs> were you in any sort of, uh, worship band? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I was fun nice. fact. Um, Yep. In my first round of 11th grade, I was in a worship band. I went, one of my best friends, Emily, who I've known my entire life, pretty much. My mom and her dad were friends before all of us were born. My mom had to leave her mom's birthday party to go to the hospital to have me. Anyway, so- Shout out, Emily. Yes. You're the best. Emily, Emily's awesome. Um, so I went with her to her church one night and they were, and it, her church happened to be the church that I used to go to as a kid. And they were having this like audition thingy for their new worship band that they were putting together. And so Emily and I went up and we sang 
with at the little mics and they had people up in the sound booth that could like isolate everyone's voices, I think, their yeah. sounds and see how well everybody was doing. And so Emily and I got picked to be the singers. And then there were three other guys, wait, one, two, three, four other guys in it, drummer, guitar player, bassist, and uh, keyboardist. And so we were a little band and <laughs> we called ourselves Crimson Redemption. Yeah. Ooh, that's, nice. that's a great worship band name. I don't I don't remember who who thought of it. It wasn't us, but it was one a of collective the guys effort, maybe. Yeah. But we <laughs> thought that was like, you know, really cool. So we were in we did that for I don't I guess it was it wasn't even a year, I don't think. We started it up in January and I think it was oh my gosh, I can't even I think it was less than a year and it, we we like stopped doing it in like the summer or something like that. Did you tell your public you know school that... friends about it? I wasn't in public school about it yet. In I wasn't in oh, yeah, was I wasn't in public school yet. School. Yeah. Some stars just burn too bright, you know. You know better to burn out than fade away. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay, so April and I part of why we ended up meeting and actually like getting acquainted was because of music. And uh so like when you joined the worship band, like what were what were you listening to at the time? Was music a big deal? Uh, yes, I I actually discovered a lot of bands that I ended up liking through the worship band because some of the guys in there liked different music than I was listening to because I was kind of in in the like pop slash pop punk stuff. Like my favorite band was Reliant K. They still and hold up. I just yes, a choice. They're, uh, they're over still the they're still like one of my top faves. Like I could still listen to them yeah, and I, be perfectly happy. <laughs> we, we were, I was away last weekend. I had like a four hour drive uh, back home and I put on a couple of their albums. I hadn't listened to uh collapsible lung in quite some time. And that they just, they really bring it every album. They bring it. Yeah. They're good. I think Matt's like a really good, a really good writer when he wants to be. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. All right. But, Pop quiz, favorite Reliant K song, everybody go. Oh my gosh. Well, it depends on the album. <laughs> oh my God. You're asking oh, you have the to one. pick one. Oh my gosh. Um, oh my gosh. It's a shit pop know. quiz because we still haven't given, those are usually like what? Uh, quick answers? How are we doing, Yeah, Casey? Well, at the time, I would have said bad. pressing on. That's what okay. I would have said at the time. Because, that, and that's, that's we, my... Emily and I convinced the guys to play um, pressing on. At, but but we had to barter because they wanted us to sing Chop Suey by System of a Down. And we were like, no, we're not <laughs> singing that. And so we were like, well, we want you guys to sing Reliant K. And they were like, well, if you sing Chop Suey, then we'll do Reliant K. So we ended up singing Chop Suey at one of the practice or at a couple of the practices. And I'm sure that, was, that was cool. Oh, yeah, we were great. <laughs> There's a video of it somewhere in Emily's parents' basement. <laughs> oh, my Pressing God. on is my choice. That's that's where I'm going. The, Which album was that one on? I don't know song was, titles at all, ever, for any. That was like their oh, their man. big single from the Anatomy of the Tongue in Cheek, the one with the orange and white cover. Okay. Yeah. That's Sadie um, Hawkins going back. dance. Yeah, yeah, that's way back. Um, some of the more, I mean, we liked, I remember Emily and, and Sarah and I really liked Be My Escape. That was a big one for a while. Yeah, that's Five Score was a solid album. but Yes, I, Five Score was a really good one. Um. A good album. I so hate consequences from the mm-hmm album. It was good. I liked that one. 
I didn't actually phone. really get into them. And well, I, I got into them a little bit with five score, but when I was like decided I was sold on them was I thought forget and not slow down was such a good album. I really like oh, pretty much every song on that album. I just think it was a really, it was like just past is like kind of like not, not so much pop punk anymore, but still. Yeah. Those, Lion K. I loved it. I'll have to go back and listen to those because I, those are, like the after five score, I didn't, I didn't, I kind of fell off for a little bit. Yeah. But we were, my friends and I were talking about collapsible lung recently and they were like, wow, I didn't even realize like that these songs were so good or whatever. And that was, was like, like a okay. pop album. Like that yeah, one yeah. just like drifted into pop music and I loved it. That was, we do have a song called Gloria on that album. So I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> okay. <Where were> we? <laughs> so <laughs> we're talking about what time. bands I liked at the time. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. I was what sixteen. I think I. I say in one of my diaries, I have like a uh, um, a list of bands that I liked back in the day. But I think uh, at that time it would be like Blank K, uh, Blindside, Chevelle. Um, I forgot about Chevelle. Oh my gosh, I still listen to them a lot. <laughs> we just Damn. recently went and saw them again. Yeah, really? I've seen them a couple of times within the past couple of years. Yeah, but right before the pandemic, we saw we, we played uh, one of their songs with our band or whatever, too. We didn't it was actually just like play. a rock band, right? It was like rock bridging yeah, the new metal well, gap, kind of. So we were like that, but we also played like worship songs for the youth group. Like this other stuff we played like in our drummer's basement or wherever we were practicing. Like we didn't really play. I think I we think we might have like sneaked like aerials by System of a Down in one of the youth group nights or whatever. But we played like. <laughs> we would do like uh like ocean floor by audio adrenaline at youth group night or something mm-hmm. like that but yeah it was like a more rock ish sort of style would you but describe yourself as like a rocker chick i probably would have at the time honestly <laughs> <laughs> i wanted to play guitar so bad so bad very avril of you <laughs> yeah i know i was like avril before oh wait i don't know when her album came out i think that was before avril though Avril was definitely high school for us. Let's see. Skater yeah, boy. I know. Well, I know in in when I was in like 2005 or so, like people would joke because I had really long hair, long straight hair, and people would joke like that I was like the Avril. I bet I bet it was like the you know dollar store Avril or whatever. That was uh 2000. Avril was 2002. Oh. <laughs> Holy smokes, 2002. Okay, well, yeah, I guess that would be that would be around then then. Because I yeah. think 2003 was when we were doing the band thing. So, yeah. Yep. So, Avril okay, was so the number one influence. Avril and, and Hillary Duff. I loved, <laughs> Hillary, I loved Duff, Hillary Duff. Duff. <laughs> Hillary Duff was my number one influence, too. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, shared in shared influence. That's yeah, nice. I had a Hillary Duff poster in my room. Oof, I have. I'm surprised your parents allowed that. <laughs> so I had uh, Hillary Duff pictures pasted into my diary. They only let me keep the head. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, Jesus. <laughs> so April is currently uh holding up her diary or flipping yeah, through. Yeah, it. it's uh well it there's is a couple thick with two C's. Yeah, sure. where's where that is the... a lot. That's a lot of diary right there. There's a lot of okay. pictures in it. These are all mostly Hillary Duff. Not a whole de- page, like scrapbooking page. style page dedicated to Hillary yeah, Duff. Yeah, and then there's well, there's a couple other people in there too. There's like uh, Josie and the Pussycats, Water oh, yeah. Girl Wants, uh, Mary Kate and Ashley, Hillary Duff, um, 
Yeah. That's like straight out of uh, what was that teen magazine? That yeah, pretty was like much. The big deal. I had to read was the magazines it, at Emily's house because I wasn't really. I mean, like I don't know if I was for teens. Directly not allowed to read them, but I, I just kind of didn't ask. So I was like, Emily gets all those magazines. I'll just read them at her house. <laughs> it's like, uh, how to know if he thinks you're a good kisser? Like shit yeah, like that. Oh my gosh. Well, yeah. Okay. So in one of the diary entries, <laughs> so, no, this it doesn't have to do with kissing, but <laughs> in one of the diary entries, I wrote like, oh, I was at Sarah's house reading another one of my my best friends that I've known forever. Um, I was at Sarah's house reading such and such magazine and it was like a bunch of guys wrote in and said what they didn't like in girls or something. It was like, guys don't like when you wear a lot of sparkly eyeshadow. <laughs> nice. Like, I don't know why I wrote that in my diary. I don't know. No, I wrote yourself. everything. Don't wear a lot of sparkly eyeshadow. <laughs> so I'm wearing all of the sparkly eyeshadow at the moment. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Lots changed yeah. in twenty years. We have most of our retirement fund tied up in eyeshadow. Yeah. I have, have a lot of sparkly powders. It's my favorite thing. Okay, so I cheated a little bit because we talked about this before uh before you came on. But um we both live all all of us, really, anybody that's probably listening to this lived through the era of purity culture where it was like a center focus. Uh, of the youth group experience, right? It was a huge percentage of the time that we spent in church was talking about purity and uh, and how to how to keep it and all the bad things that would make you uh, you know refusable as a spouse. So <laughs> refusable, April or, spent, or worthless. <laughs> we've spent uh, countless hours talking about these things, and uh, she's got some. It, you know, as 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 awful as as some of that stuff was for for guys, it was it was way worse for girls. And and you've show you've told me some stories about some of the things that you experienced in youth group and stuff that that were kind of shocking to me. Okay, um, yes, that is that's accurate. So my favorite one that I like to tell, and it always makes my friends who have not grown up in purity cultures jaws drop, is. One day, I think we were, I think I was a freshman in high school, so I was about 14, um, we were in the freshman girls Sunday school group or youth group group, I don't remember which one, but they had us cut out, and you're probably going to guess where it's going, but we had, they had us cut out paper hearts, and they said, okay, this is your heart, so what I want you to do is tear off a little piece for each person that you've given your heart to, and this includes like celebrity crushes guys that you've th thought about like more than you should or whatever, like more than God, like anyone you've put before your relationship with God, like tear off a little piece. And I was just like, okay. So I like tore off my little pieces and stuff. And they were like, okay, now hold up this heart. This is what you have to give to your husband. Ugh, was yours the smallest? Was that really traumatizing? <laughs> I don't know if it was the smallest. I don't remember. God, how the piece did you tear like, off for Pete Wentz? Oh no, my gosh. <laughs> this was before the days of Pete Wentz, okay? <laughs> ah, I wonder who Pete is so we can tag him on Instagram. Oh my gosh. He's in Fallout Boy. Oh. He's the pretty one from Fallout oh, Boy. Me. When people used to come into Sunday Grill when I was working and be like, you look like the guy from Fallout Boy. Pete Wentz is the one that I thought they were talking about, but they were actually talking about the fat guy with glasses. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> oh gosh. 
Yeah. Well, we'll tag him. him. We'll tag him. We'll <laughs> tag him anyway. Maybe he'll respond. I, I, you got to hand it to uh, the boomer generation. They came up with some really creative object lessons to make you feel less than human. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the, uh, like I read a book when I was younger called Datable, and that book had a lot of object lessons in it. It was like, it talked about like, if you're not, if you're a virgin, then you're like a clean. I think that was in the book, like a clean sticker or something, or maybe that was youth group. I don't know. It all runs together. A sticker, like a sticker, and you're like, oh, you stick a sticker down once, but then if you pull it up, stick it back down, it's not the same anymore. <laughs> oh my and then, god! Yeah, in the book, in that book, there was um, an an example that was like dating somebody is like, like it basically compared the girl or like having sex or whatever, like doing things with the other person to like a car, like bit first base was like sitting in the car. Like second base was like turning on the car. And then like having sex was just like rent, like riding Driving car into around like crazy. Yeah. Pretty much like, Oh, your car's wrecked now. What are you going to do? <laughs> oh my God. Some of these metaphors are absolutely like I, even the sticker one, like the heart one, insane, the sticker one insane. But the, what I'm thinking, it's like, that metaphor, I don't know. It's obviously breaks down at some point because it's like you put a sticker on and you take it off. And it doesn't stick anymore. Like, but you can have sex and then have sex again and not have it be less than sex. It's like, it's not like not anything. true, not true. <laughs> like, I don't know what they what the intent is. Like, how how they explain it. Do you even do you recall that at all? Like, what they're no. Like, that's that's all they said, and all of us were just like sitting there with our eyes, like, oh no. I don't want to be a used up sticker. Yeah. I'm already <laughs> trash. <laughs> oh no, I've already kissed somebody. What am I going to do? <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it, was, it was great. <laughs> it's, it's funny to hear like the difference between like how guys were talked to about this stuff and how girls were talked to. Cause I, I follow like a lot of purity culture, Instagram accounts and stuff. And I think like, there's a lot of talk about, like it, there was definitely a lot more harsh, awful rhetoric used when talking to girls by the sounds of it, you know, but guys like the, the way that it was talked to with guys was not, was definitely not like, well, you, you know, you're a slave to your desire and you probably shouldn't have sex, but you know, if you do, oh, well, at least you're not a girl. that's all used up. Oh like, my gosh. Yeah. It, it was. Yeah, you're right. It wasn't like that. Like, I mean, I actually, I didn't, my did april did your youth group split stuff up a lot and do like guys and girls shit or is it like yeah right well your our freshman year we our whole year was we would like sing worship or whatever with the whole group and then we would split up with to freshman guys freshman girls the that, whole for the year. whole year yeah wow, okay so like for me uh, in my experience growing up in youth group it wasn't really like mine was pre- i i honestly think mine was pretty like tame in comparison to other people's experiences. Like, yeah, there wasn't, there was the occasional split up. Like there was the occasional, like, we'll like kind of like break out into small group type things where like a few people, like sometimes they'd like break it out by school and then try to encourage people to like be more Christian at school. And then us homeschoolers got a special message because we didn't have any interaction with people in the outside world, but <laughs> it was generally like, uh, didn't drift into the topic of sex. I know, after my time, they ended up doing some like boys and girls like Bible studies where they would broach those subjects a bit more. So I have no idea what those looked like. But like I got that message, too, of like the like 
sometimes the other example is like, I, there's a couple, but one of them is like, oh, would you chew bubble gum that's already been chewed by somebody else? Or Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I remember that It's one. just like, I mean, there's <laughs> countless ways you can take that into, mm-hmm. but so I, that's kind of what I got. And I, I, I felt, I, I definitely felt some shame around it. I mean, enough to keep me from having sex until I got married, I guess. Uh, but it, it's interesting for me to like hear about other people's experience because even the one, even the big time books, like we obviously like have talked about, I kiss dating goodbye and some of the big books that were all about like purity and, and avoiding sex until marriage. It's like that mindset was instilled in me uh, on a, in a general level, but I, I didn't read those books. I was kind of just like, yeah, I get it. Don't have sex. I understand. And then I was, it was a little bit easier probably for the obvious reasons for me to just like, not feel a deep sense of shame about just like, Oh, cross that line. Let's just jump back and do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Be better next time. I don't know. I never read those books either. Like my parents didn't make me read those, which I'm really glad about, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) yeah, it was kind of like my youth group wasn't always like that. Like we weren't talking about that every single week or anything. But every once in a while, like, I know I keep talking about the diaries, but I recently found them and I've been like, just like kind of reading them just to see. And it, like every once in a while, I'd be like, today we talked about wives submitting to husbands, but I wouldn't, Ooh, yeah. I, yeah, I know. I wouldn't like offer any commentary about it. I would just be like, this is what we talked about. So, cause I guess it was just like, this is how it is. This is what we talk about in youth group or whatever. But, but yeah, I was, I'm glad that I was never meant or like never made to read those books. And we weren't like. It's like but the first boyfriend I ever had, I did not tell any like I didn't tell my parents or anything. It only lasted about a month and a half because I was 17 <laughs> and <laughs> uh, and I didn't know how to have a boyfriend. So I was kind of I wasn't really a great girlfriend, to say the least. So we ended up breaking up. But uh, my parents didn't find out till afterwards when um, the guy's youth group leader told Ask my sister, oh, how do you like April's boyfriend? And Natalie was like, or my sister, yeah, she was like, what? April's boyfriend? And so she ended up telling me, telling my mom or whatever. And I was just like, oh, no. But then my mom was like, oh, it's fine. You're 17. And I'm just like, I didn't I didn't realize that it was okay to have a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. So much stress. Yeah. Like, I was just, I was so worried about it. And I just, I don't know. And then it was, then it was fine, I guess. So. I was like, That's well, I so guess now funny. I know. <laughs> yeah. I never felt comfortable even I, I was similar. I didn't feel like the first time I was started dating somebody, I didn't I wasn't about to tell anybody. Yeah. I didn't want my parents to know. I was like, cause then they'd make a thing of it. And then you like you knew like or had an idea of what conversations might follow. It's like, well, yeah. just remember. And you're like, then you're like stop. I don't want to hear from you. Yeah. Well I I it's so I don't know. It probably would have been like, oh, he's a Christian, it's fine, whatever. Oh yeah, that definitely. <laughs> I did oh. date a non-Christian and when I was a senior in high school, and that was a big thing. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was. They, did your my parents, parents were not. They weren't happy. They, so kind of. I, I, I have like a thing. One excerpt from a diary that said that he and my mom got into like a little tiny debate or whatever, and mm. but I was kind of on my mom's side because I was like, I hope I was like. I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I was I was kind of like hoping that he would kind of see the 
the light or whatever, yeah. you know, like I don't convert know. for you. Yeah. Missionary then, dating. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but my mom actually ended up, we actually talked about this. I went to visit my parents recently and uh, she, we were talking about it and she was like, yeah, I remember telling him to go to Liberty for college for a weekend or whatever, just to see what it's like and stuff like, you know, just, you know, you should go down there and check it out. And then he ended up breaking up with me like two weeks later. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, this is going to be a difficult Uh, family. Yeah. He's like, Oh man, this is how it's going to be. Nah, I'm out. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it worked out. It worked out for the better, but it was, it was really tense between me and my parents for a while. What's he doing now? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, I, I don't. He's married now, I think. I'm just fine. kidding. <laughs> he's still dating Christian girls and seeing Oh my gosh. He, he probably learned his lesson. He's like, never again. Just no polluting more. people. <laughs> See if I can bring him to the dark side. Oh my gosh. So you spent your two years sowing your wild oats at the public <laughs> school, just a whirlwind of debauchery. And oh. then you went to Liberty. <laughs> Yeah, then I went to Liberty, fresh off a breakup. <laughs> like right before, did you break up because you went to college? I don't, I think, I think he broke up with me because I went to college. It was like two weeks in, I think, two weeks after I'd been there. Um, and then he broke up with me and then he started dating like a little April 2.0 back home. <laughs> I was like, dang it. Oh, gross. That's but, always uh, a bad vibe. You're like, that person looks a lot like me. <laughs> like, she's like me, but cooler <laughs> in my in my eyes. But uh, yeah, so that was, I had, I like was forced to, basically what I did, I was just like, man, I don't know anybody here. I have no friends. So I just went like door to door in my dorm and was like, hey, let's hang out. <laughs> and so I just, I was like forced to just like make friends all over again, kind of, because I didn't know anybody there pretty much. And so... That's what my the first couple months were. You were like a real social butterfly. Like I that. was for a while. I was I really just wanted to be pals with everybody. <laughs> Which also, is good. That's how we met. Well yeah, I also really liked attention, so No, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's how that, attention was nice. I always liked the idea of getting it. I never did, and that was demoralizing. But uh, know, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, just, same. <laughs> like maybe people will finally think i'm cool in college and then you get there and you're just like shit nothing's changed i'm still the same person okay let's oh my goodness figure out how to uh just love myself i guess is that what you're supposed to do <laughs> yeah i must i think i skipped that when i went straight to getting attention <laughs> <laughs> you can put off learning how to love yourself if you get attention uh, oh yeah it's fine for a while you're good <laughs> So I remember like when I went to school to Liberty, cause I did the first year at, po- at uh, a secular college, totally out of my element, had a horrible time. Like sometime in the spring, I was like, I'm getting out of here. I need to go to a Christian school. So I transferred to Liberty and moved out of state, you know, way down there and stuff. And I remember like early on in my first semester, seeing you like walking <laughs> around campus because you were like this was little alone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> You're like a, a sceny weenie. So I started yeah, I following you. You didn't see <laughs> me. Hiding behind from a couple the... of trees when you turned around. Yeah. <laughs> Mapped out your uh, seat location at Convo. Uh, I yeah, see I just goosenecked a little bit as I was driving by. But uh... <laughs> you had naps in your dorm of like what her daily pathing was. <laughs> 
that's the kind of thing I would have done. A lot of stalker mentality like, going on there. I would never talk to a girl, but maybe by happenstance, I'll just end up talking to her. <laughs> yeah. Know? Like I mean, maybe I'll of... fall down and she'll help me up or vice versa. You know, like a Disney movie. You're like setting oh, yeah. booby traps just so you can rescue her. Oh my gosh. Yes, this was Family <laughs> Robinson style. You're like pulling trip lines and shit. Like <laughs> she eats shit on the pavement and you run over. You're like, hey, let me help you. <laughs> oh, where did you come from, random man who may have set a trap for me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm a romantic. Yeah. yeah. So I was in a, a, a fresh new metal band at the time. And I remember like finding your profile on Facebook. And messaging you and being like, hey, I've seen you around like, like before. You should totally check out my band. I remember the the phrase that you used. You said, you look like the kind of girl who listens to a little metal. You were so edgy. I was. I had, I'm going to Yeah. <laughs> I was I like, okay, founder. Uh, I really. I How mean, did you find me? There was a lot of people at Liberty, man, and you. How just... does anybody find anybody? Oh my know. gosh! Well, <laughs> do we just... have mutual friends? We oh, need hours and hours of detective work. Maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe Wes at the time. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Wes was so We're Wes was our drummer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Wes was a beautiful young boy. He was gorgeous. And he was the envy of all the girls. They loved him. There was and... some debate as to whether or not he had fully gone through puberty yet when he was That's in college. That's what I, I, want. I like that, though. But <laughs> That whiskey well, I... mustache. <laughs> I was invited to sit at his table, and I felt so good about myself. I wasn't invited by him. I was invited by one of his friends, and I was very happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> so that might be, might have been where I found you was through what maybe I saw you guys like you in that group hanging out together and maybe added you through there. But <laughs> uh, so I message April. I'm like, hey, you should check out my band, cutie. Oh, and my God. <laughs> she messages me back. But my roommate, Ryan, intercepts the message and responds to her from my Facebook like, yeah, we should totally hang out sometime, blah, blah, blah. You know, Ryan. Yeah, and I thought that Casey was like, eh, never mind, I'm good. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, all right, I guess I'm hanging out with him. <laughs> what a Ryan move. That's messed oh up. My that's, gosh. So, that's gross. <laughs> so we actually like met at the dining hall. Yep. And we have a picture together from the first night that we met. It was Christmas night at the yeah. dining hall. Like they had a and Santa Claus there or something. That's yes. anti Jesus. Yeah. I can't believe they I had know. a Santa Satan Claus. How could they? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's a picture of us all like sitting with Santa. I forget who was actually on his lap and who was the rest of us were all just kind of like sitting around him and stuff. Yeah. I think I was kneeling on the floor and I had my arm around your leg. <laughs> it was April and the poison. It was just rings. like this, you know. It's fine. Like the uh, the cover of the First Star Wars movie? Is that kind of like that? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just like that. I think I think I, I might have been like kneeling with my elbow or something. I don't remember. Like kneeling on, on one person with whatever. I don't remember. <laughs> I want to point out that I said the first Star Wars movie because I know there are going to be people who are mad that I just called it that. Uh, I, I knew exactly what you meant, though, too. That, but that I iconic don't remember pose. well enough. <laughs> Episode four, A New Hope. A That's New Hope. There, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't coming to me. Wasn't it? I knew. I could picture it. 
It's yeah, fine. I got the Star Wars trivia on tap if you need anything else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah. So uh, there was a bunch of stuff that happened, but we ended up dating and everything. And I think like we purity culture immediately played a role in our relationship, like early, early on, because we kind of had like we started dating like two or three weeks before the semester ended and we were all going home for the summer. Is yeah. That- that's right. Casey, Casey said he had to to snag me up before I went home to all the boys in Jersey. <laughs> exactly. All those filthy that like Jersey would say. fiends. Uh, he didn't tell me that at the time. It was like later on that I found that out. Because <laughs> he just didn't trust me. He knew if you no, were he knew. in a committed relationship, you would have just yep. had sex with all of them and been damaged goods. So. Everyone. He didn't want me to be like a worthless <laughs> piece of gum. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I only chewed gum once, you yeah. know. And... <laughs> And I was intent on chewing that gum. Yeah. That, Great. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. That's the most disgusting description. <laughs> but uh, so we we started hanging out a little bit. We ended up going to a show. Um, I, I think I invited you to go with us to a, a concert. We went and saw Darkest Hour. Yeah. And Sam, do you remember? Is it August Burns Red too? Or was it just Darkest Hour? Yeah, I can't remember who else was on the show. It may have been August Burns Red, but I, I know that. Re- Sam, do you remember the local band Ghost from a Fallen Age? Yeah. So they were local. I thought they were. I thought they actually got bigger than that. Darkest Hour was the shit, man. I fucking loved Darkest Hour. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they were great, and it was like it was in uh, it was in this college town further north, and it was a really rough show. Like yeah. just. There was no bouncers or anything at this place, so the shows there were always just insane. Like chaos, People get punched, yeah. ambulances once in a while. Like it was rough. I always, and uh, of course, I wanted to get up front as usual. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of awkwardly tagged along with April while she was while we were up towards the front, and because it was so rough, like I felt necessary to put my arm around her shoulders, and that was a big step for me. I felt a little conflicted about it. Yeah. But it all worked out, and the, thankfully we got married, so I don't have to feel guilty about putting my arm. Yeah, around that would have been that would have been you know inexcusable. Otherwise, is that your first time putting your arm around a woman? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember like immediately after we started dating, it uh, you know we immediately started having like talks about boundaries and you know keeping God first in our relationship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, did you guys have the conversation about whether or not you guys should ever uh, drive, be alone in a car with a person of the opposite sex? No, no. we just we did it. We did that right away. Yeah. No, no, like- no, no, no. Not you two. Like, as you start dating, like, oh, April needs a ride home. And the guy who she works with is like, I can give you a ride home. Oh, like other people? Like that kind of, yeah, that. I don't know if we had a conversations about it. We would have felt weird about that for sure, though. Yeah, because that was a. I remember that conversation at Liberty, like in in maybe it was like a their Wednesday night church or maybe some of those church services I attended. But that was like a real that that I mean that was a real thing. It's just like if you're in a relationship with some, it's like it's. I mean, it's dangerous enough to be alone in the car with someone of the opposite sex, even if you're not really. But if you are in a relationship, it's an absolute no no. Like if someone's like. Oh, you don't have a ride. I can give you a ride home. And you're like, okay, then no. 
you wait there until you find somebody who can actually get you home or you start walking. Like this is like a zero give uh, on this for some people like that. So I remember hearing these, these conversations and, and being taught this and Jill and I had those conversations. We're just like, I don't, I think we shouldn't do that. Of course we gave up on that real quick because it's like, this is dumb and impractical. Yeah. But I don't know if we had physical conversations about it, but I bet you if that, if it came down to it, we would have felt weird if the other one were doing were doing that. We were very insecure. Yeah, yeah. I was very, very, um, very jealous. Yeah, very jealous. Here. We all were. You, you don't yeah. grow up like we did and not feel that those like extreme level because I think it comes from like being taught that like sex is just like a demon lurking around each corner that's just jump yeah. out and fuck you real quick. Like it's like <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you if you have a conversation with somebody of the of another gender then they're immediately thinking about having sex with you or something yeah. you like it's just lock eyes and then all of a sudden like, you realize oh, that you're inside somebody oh my god how did that happen yeah it's yeah it, it was very like sc- they made it scary so like when you actually start dating somebody and you think about being alone with some of the other you're like anything could happen like you're really convinced that at any point anything could happen because yeah. you're all a bunch of like weak-willed horn dogs. Who's- yeah, and like for the girls, they teach you that all dudes are just out looking at women and wanting to have sex with them all the time, and they can't look at a woman without thinking about their boobs and stuff and wanting to have sex. And so you like end up not trusting any any guys ever, pretty much, with anyone else that's a girl. And especially because one of my relationships, there was a rumor that he had done something with somebody else too. So then it's just like adds that on. It's like, oh, so it does happen. That's real. That's a real thing that happens. You can't trust any men at all. None of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's another like a part of purity culture that I don't really, I don't know if people really talk about that much, but it's almost like a a, a secondary effect of it. You know, I never had any close female friends. Mm -hmm. Like very few that I was ever like actual friends with other than just like, yeah, we go to youth group together or something like that. And I feel like purity culture like teaches men, especially, but but anybody really that like person of the opposite sex is only valuable to you in so much as they're a potential partner. Yes. Yes. Um, And I agree because I feel like, well. I always liked, I always wanted to have a lot of guy friends, I guess. I liked having girlfriends too. Like girlfriends were my favorite probably. But like, I'm not going to be like, I I don't hang out with girls or too much drama. Like I'm not like that person. Because that, <laughs> that was a type of person. We all know that type oh, of yes. person. The cool <laughs> girl. Sure. We, we love her. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I liked having friends of mul- all multiple genders. And I liked hanging out with all kinds of people. And it sucked when I suddenly was in a relationship and all of the friends that were guys basically disappeared. Yeah. And, and that was not cool for me to find out. I was like, oh, so do they just feel weird around me now? Or did they only want to be friends with me if they wanted to date me? Or like, what was it? Like, I didn't I didn't understand where that was coming from. I mean, that's probably an element of it. Like, oh, yeah, because I mean, there is like I I think uh, purity culture, it it doesn't. Oh, God, 
Hopefully I don't get crucified for this. It doesn't get everything <laughs> wrong. It just has the worst possible solutions to some general truths. Like it, it's like I a very extreme. Down, it's yeah, extreme. It's an extreme reaction to some general truths that don't have to be scary. Like for example, like young men going through puberty into college, like they're just, they are, they're horny. And they, yeah. I, I, they, if you grow up in, I get, I mean, I think in general, having relationships with people of the opposite sex, but or being around people you think are attractive, everything is just like firing things off in your brain a little bit. But that, what the problem with the purity culture is, it's telling you that the solution to this is like, this is going to happen, suppress it, shut it down, and don't put yourself in a situation where anything could happen. Otherwise, you're a failure. As opposed to like, this is what's going to happen. You're not a slave to your emotions. You can treat people with respect and dignity and you need to take these, like take people seriously and respect them as individuals. It was not the conversations that were being had. So you, you really lose. I, I feel like a, in purity culture in general, you lose the ability to, to do that, which is why you see the repercussions of it. Right. Which is like, you know, people just getting married too early or people just, you know, you don't have any real safe sex understanding. So you, God forbid you have a condom on you because then you end up, then you're planning for sex instead of right. like this. Oh, exactly. Yeah, there's so many That's repercussions. A whole other thing. <laughs> like, and, oh, don't go on birth control. Cause that means you're going to feel yep. like you can have sex whenever you want. Yeah. I mean, I remember the first time, like uh, I realized that a girl I knew was on birth control. Cause like, her timer went off at the same time frequently. Yeah. And I was just, and then it was like, and then, but th that girl felt like she owed people an explanation. Like, Oh, well, you know, like I have like this, like hormone imbalance and, and it, she wasn't being dishonest. Like she, that's why she was on birth control, but like she yeah. didn't know anybody that explanation, like in the right. real world, outside of Christian college and purity culture, you don't owe people that explanation as like a 20 year old woman. Like, yeah, I know. Just, I didn't, I didn't start birth control until the summer before we got married. So yeah. Oh my yeah, God. we were worried about it. Yeah, and, we were. That was like a conversation was like, I just don't know if we can handle this. You know, yeah, like if like if I'm on birth control, are we going to feel like we can just like have sex? Because, you know, like there's not much chance to have a baby. So, you know, <laughs> you, you take you take away the single like repercussion that you're told is like the worst possible consequence of sex. <laughs> it's like yeah oh take that away and sky well, we could have we could have still given each other an std i mean we didn't really know how those were i had sex ed i don't know yeah. about you guys did not nope no <laughs> my sex ed ended with plants oh you got to learn about stamens and pistols hey. stamens pistols and that was it <laughs> yeah i remember there was a production yeah, yeah. yeah. Casey's I've, I've, over there in a corner being like, if I accidentally come on myself, will I have a baby? <laughs> <laughs> I remember like in my paces, in the, the my school books, which is like these little weird workbooks, you know, I've talked about how they had these comic strips in them. Yeah. That was like the perfect little Christian kids and their struggles on a daily basis and how ridiculous they were. <laughs> the closest they came to talking about sex was like this weird like two-page story that talked about uh, the main character, Ace Virtuson, and his grandparents are like alluding to 
the idea that sex was between like a man and his wife and it was sacred and that, you know, it should only be reserved for marriage. But like they didn't really say anything. It was all just like this weird implication. And then it was like, then grandma and grandpa Virtuson like looked at each other longingly and stuff. (laughs) And I remember us talking about it at school, like this is so weird. Like, I know what, what is this? You know, (laughs) What are they doing? <laughs> why is it the grandparents explaining? It's like, yeah, that's a, that, you know why they want it's to put unsexy. That, yes. That, yeah, exactly. They want to put that unsexy concept into your brain of like, yeah. I'm not, if I'm not going to picture old people doing it, like young <laughs> cartoons, no problem when you're 14 years old, but they're gonna <laughs> even middle-aged ones. They're going to invent, like, I thought they would invent like a new, a new character, like a sleazy, like, Susie Skankson or something. Well, yeah, Susie. Susie uh, I think it was Susie Selfwill. I Self-will. think. Selfwill. Oh my The God. implication was that her and Ronnie Pridehart were having sex, oh. and they got in that motorcycle accident. She died, and you know you oh. you reap what you sow. That's in the Bible. If you got yeah. sex, if you have sex, you're gonna die. It's like Mean Girls. <laughs> exactly. Mean Girls has a lot of biblical truths. Oh, I know. So, like. If you, you know, quote unquote, deconstructing, I think one of the things that that's hard for that's been hard for me and is still like something that I struggle with is like just being angry at the, I, I mean, kind of just the world for like your experience growing up and stuff. And like, hmm. I get that some of that is justified. It is. But like, you can't stay there. You know, no. it's not healthy for you to dwell in that. And and April and I've had a lot of conversations about it. One of the areas that like is the toughest for me to not be angry about is like sometimes, you know, it, it really makes you feel like you were robbed of like a normal, fun, exciting, like dating experience because you were just so worried about that stuff all the time. I mean, it was a constant topic of conversation and stress among us at a time when like we were committed to each other. We ended up getting married like we should have just been carefree, you know, whether regardless of whether or not we, you know, wanted to go that far or whatever, like it should not have been something that just weighed on our relationship for years, you know, before we finally got married. Yeah. Yeah. It's I feel like we we ended up having fun, like in spite of it or whatever, but I feel like in when you're when you've grown up like that, like it does kind of take over everything sort of like the first two people I dated. I didn't kiss at all or whatever, because I was just like, nope, that's not thing. You're not supposed to do it. It doesn't feel right. I don't know. Like once you kiss somebody, then like maybe like what if you get married someday? Like maybe you don't you're get just a little less sticky. Like, yeah, I know. Like <laughs> you're just like so concerned, like like a like putting your face on someone's face has such huge repercussions yeah, (laughs) or whatever. And so it's like all you can think about and you're just like, Oh no, he hugged me for like five seconds. Like, Oh no, he's, he's like hugging me from like behind. Like, that's not good. Like why, why is he doing that? Like, I I don't think we should be able to, we should do that. And it's just like this whole like dumb inner monologue that just is just, Every time the person's around, it's just like going off in your in your the back of your head, just like oh no, just like yakking at you. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so funny because I, I, I didn't. 
I, I really, I, that, those anxieties did not happen to me the same way. And it, it's so interesting hearing from people who they did. And of course, I know there's a difference, like we've already talked about how men get it, how women get it. But I, it, some people got it in more extreme ways. Like, I feel like the people around me and in my youth group as a whole all experienced it fairly similarly, like in that, like the hugging, the kissing, like those were steps that like, of course, they had to be reserved for an actual relationship. And you couldn't just go around making out with people for fun. But it was like to hear about like the anxiety people had about even just kissing somebody. And I do remember some conversations about how special your first kiss should be and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And there was a little bit of me that was like disappointed when I broke up. Like the first girlfriend that I had was like a, maybe a two month thing. Mm-hmm. It didn't last long. It was very much like a just a. I found out she liked me and that made me like her. Like it was just as pedantic yeah. as it gets. And I was like, after that it was over, I was like, did I waste those? Like, it's like, no, you didn't. You're fine, dude. But I had to think about it. And I was like, how am I going to explain this to my next girlfriend? Like there's something to explain. Yeah. Yeah. It like feels like such a big deal at the time for sure. <laughs> Sam, yeah. did you? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I remember a book that my littlest sister had when she was younger called The Princess and the Kiss. And it was all about how the parents gave her the, the baby a kiss and said, only give this to like the most special person ever. And it was like all yeah. about how you should only give a kiss to like the person you're going to be with forever. So that's a whole other you, thing. But <laughs> you're supposed to tell them it's from your dad. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. <laughs> My dad wanted me to give this to you. Oh, no. <laughs> so much tongue. Oh, my gosh. What were you going to yeah. say, Casey? Um, Sam, did you experience jealousy? Um, I think so. I, I don't recall it a lot, but I, I, I know there were times where I – I know there were times where – like, so – oh, stuff that comes to mind. Like, when Jill and I first started dating – I was like a senior in high school and that was her first year at like word of life Bible college. And I think that's where I experienced it the most because I was, she, I mean, Jill was only the only, she was my second, the second person I dated. So like, I still had no experience with it. There was all those insecurities. She was away. And I remember like, she'd talk about some of her friends at word of life. And then I, I remember getting those feelings of like, nervous oh she has a guy friend well you know what that leads to i I remember actually getting a little bit nervous about that stuff when i was younger i think by the time i was at liberty and we were around together like we didn't uh, i don't it's possible jill did but i i don't really recall either of us feeling that way at that point but we also spent so much time together like what's there to be jealous of when you never see anybody else like it's not like (laughs) We were, we were jealous. Oh yeah. my gosh. I had a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was, oh my gosh. Like when I think about how I was in, in college, the only word that comes to mind is insufferable. Jeez. Love <laughs> you yourself. No, like <laughs> I would get so upset if there was any like hint that someone like, like I remember a specific show that they played where there was another band there that had multiple girls in the band and i set to kill yes that one i wasn't going to call him out I came but... to you pretty quick casey no <laughs> yeah what are you doing just kidding 
Check his phone. Uh, <laughs> I feel guilty. <laughs> but like they were talking about how they were, you guys were talking to them or something. You're like, yeah, they're super cool. And I was just like, uh oh, there's girls and they're cool and they're pretty. I, I, I don't even remember what they looked like, but I assume they were. It's hard to and... remember their faces after you mutilated them, after you murdered them and shoved them <laughs> into a dumpster, right? Yeah, it's hard to recall. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I but, have their face skin hanging on my wall still. I don't yeah, quite remember what the bone structure some, looked like underneath. Yeah, There's stuff beneath the Texas in. Some locks of hair that I save in my wallet. But, you know, that's <laughs> fine. Um, but I, I think I remember like we went out and like we were like fighting in the parking lot or something because I was mad. And like Casey said something about how like like it's not a big deal. Like there's pretty girls everywhere. And I was just like, no, there's not. You can only think that I'm pretty. <laughs> <laughs> i was just so upset and i was like crying i don't remember what what i don't know it was just like a bit like my feeling like they just i had a lot of feelings and they just came out right there in the parking lot it was really classy yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm you sure don't have a way really to have that on youtube if um, oh yeah to, if only there were cell phones at the time they could have recorded yeah what a, what a shame yeah, <laughs> yeah i i remember like because before we started dating, like you had gone on a couple, you had one boyfriend and then had gone on a couple of dates with people at Liberty. I had three boyfriends, but that's fine. Whatever. That's fine. But who's right. counting? Yeah, who's one counting? like serious, like Yeah, one, one boyfriend. that lasted longer than two months. <laughs> but it was like, basically like, yeah, I stood in the elevator with this guy one time and I had never experienced those feelings before. Like I had never really felt jealousy before. And I remember it was just like this, just like consuming inferno that I had no idea what to do with. I just felt like absolute unfathomable rage towards <laughs> just these random dudes that like it was nothing, you know, but like wait, I just never had to process that before. You guys were both in the elevator. I was going to say, wait, which one was this? Explain this story a little bit more. You and April got into an elevator together. No, 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 no. I was saying, I was using that as an example. That's how benign this interaction was. Like I rode in an elevator with somebody. Exactly. For example. Okay, okay, okay. It was like, there was nothing to be jealous about, but it didn't keep me from feeling like I wanted to kill people. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) And just nobody had ever talked about that. Like nobody, that's, it's funny, like sometimes thinking about the kind of stuff that you spent tons of time talking about in youth group and stuff like tons of time talking about like purity and 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 maintaining your integrity with the opposite sex and stuff no time talking about like how to be in a relationship how to like deal fairly with your partner and all this stuff how to be a good friend you know to anyone how to treat people i had no idea (laughs) well it's all stuff that they're like that's not important we need to make sure that they don't think that condoms will get them out of uh, purgatory. Yeah. Oh my gosh. One yeah. of the, I think that's such a huge problem is that um, like when you don't prepare, like we, when all the setup of like how wrong it is to lust and, and just the general like problems around being horny or whatever, like you, you get to this point where you're like, if, if the person you're dating is, 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 you're a good Christian and the person you're dating is going to be a good Christian, at least on your level, then they, they clearly won't experience these feelings about people 
that are that we've been told are wrong. So like just even having a general conversation about reasonable, regular, normal human feelings and general like relationship struggles. It's like, oh, I guess this is over before it started. The whole thing's falling apart. How do you manage these emotions? I, I didn't realize my my boyfriend or girlfriend was a giant dirty pervert because they like this or that or thought about this <laughs> that way or thought this. Oh, if you think this person's attractive, then I guess you're just going to start fucking around and this thing's over. Like It just sends you on this spiral because yeah. you, you're just you've been so conditioned to think that good Christian people can resist those feelings. So the second you experience somebody's humanity on even a basic level like that, it's like, it, it just spirals. Yeah. It's really jarring. You're just like, you don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And then the whole thing, it's like, Oh no, now there's no trust. And now that's a whole other thing. Like, how are we going to like rebuild all that stuff? And it's, it's a, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point too. It's set because I mean, obviously, relationships are built on trust. So the second, if your baseline is distrust, the second you realize that, you know, if you walk by, if you and your significant other walk by somebody, and one of those people in the relationship is like, oh, I bet they think that person's attractive. I bet they want to have sex with them. I bet it's yeah. Like, if you can, it, I mean, it, it literally obliterates trust at the like at the very basic on a basic level so it's like you 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 start a relationship with somebody and you start with this baseline of like no trust (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's hard to get over like i don't know it depends on the person but some people it takes a long time to get over that or it takes a lot of uh, a lot of effort to like start to get over that well there's nobody in the community like there's no prominent people in those in that community that are telling you that you're wrong for thinking that either. Right. Like the, everything that you've learned confirms your worst inclinations. Yep. Or you just don't tell anyone about it because you just don't tell anyone about your feelings (laughs) because you can't trust that they will not judge your feelings when you tell them. Yeah. Yeah. The judging. Yeah. The, the fear of being judged is definitely, because then you don't want, I think maybe, uh, what do you think about this? Actually, I'll ask you, do you think that it has to do with it confirming it, that they might, it might confirm for you that that's not a good person for you to be with? Or do you think it's going to confirm that? I don't know. It, it feels like if you open yourself up and tell somebody about it, who's beholden to that culture and the ideology that we understand, like, what do you, what do you think it is specifically that what, what type of judgment is, it, is or are you being fearful of? What do you think? So I think a part of it, I think, is you tell somebody about it and they will think that there's something wrong with you as a person. Because a lot of times I feel like when you, they, it's kind of, I don't know if it's like directly taught or if it's just a byproduct, but if you're with somebody and they're looking at somebody else, you think that there's something wrong with you as a, as a result of it. And so- you telling somebody else about it, maybe they'll confirm that, yes, there's something wrong with you. You must be doing something wrong to make this person not want to be 100% devoted to you. And I know different life experiences can also kind of confirm that as well. So it's kind of, I know it's not only that, like maybe they will tell you like, oh, maybe you shouldn't be with that person. And then deep inside, you don't want to not be with that person. Mm -hmm. 
And so you're like, I don't want to hear this person tell me that I should break up with them. I also don't want to hear them tell me there's something wrong with me and what I'm doing and how I think. So I'm just going to keep it in and either hope it goes away or like take it out on somebody like wrongfully. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It feel, it's like almost turns into a lose lose. Like it, it penalizes honesty in any way. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of things like I didn't feel comfortable a lot of times growing up talking to and I, I don't I don't blame like anyone around. Me. I don't blame my family or whatever. But like growing up for some reason, I did not feel comfortable telling like anyone in my family what was going on with me mentally. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is not like I just can't do it. I'll just write it in my diary. But even in my diaries, I kind of had like different catchphrases that would mean certain other things. Like I would write down a sentence, but that sentence would mean something else like a deeper feeling or whatever like i didn't directly say like i am feeling this most of the time yeah you're almost I had like people peeking at my diary <laughs> yeah you had to write it in code <laughs> yeah pretty much but i knew what it meant like if i read it now like sometimes reading back those entries i'm just like okay i know exactly what i was thinking at that moment it's really odd <laughs> yeah but yeah it's yeah i i well and i think you bring up a good point about like blame it's really easy to lay every negative thing that you experienced and felt and had trouble with at the feet of someone, you know, in our case, it's easy to do like just put all of this on the church and the youth group and the purity culture and all of that stuff, you know, and, and I don't think that's always fair. And it doesn't always like, it's not always productive when in fact, like some of this stuff is just normal teenage emotions that, you know, you kind of have to take responsibility for. Yep. And, um, you know, that's part of healing from it is realizing like, you know, some of this was just me internalizing these messages or, you know, my worst possible interpretation of some of these teachings and stuff like that. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I don't know, I've talked to my therapist about this kind of stuff and she and I'm just like, is it is it just me being like this or is it like a result of my upbringing and stuff? And she's like, it's not either one. Like it's like a, a combination of things. Like you can't like just blame one source for how you think about something today. It's like multiple things kind of like join together and create like what you're thinking and feeling. Yeah. I mean, we all knew those kids in Christian, like in our Christian upbringing, youth group, whatever. There were always those kids that didn't give a shit about what we were being taught. They just would, they'd fuck around, they'd do whatever they wanted, and you were resentful of them, and you were like worried about them, but not really. And talking to you, Garrett. Yeah. <laughs> so was, freaking normal. There was always like kind of a level of like jealousy in your judgment, like oh, yes. they're not, and. It's like it almost feels like it's like it like you were saying a com- like the combination of like you know general self esteem baseline like anxiety like are you an anxious person or are you not are you a person who has low self esteem or or not like and, and you take all those factors and then you combine like a, a purity culture around that and then those are the people who get really fucked up by it probably more so than like. Ronnie fucks a lot or whatever his name was from those comic strips who just Donnie do gooder. Yeah. It's like, whatever. Oh wait, the opposite of that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
the one who killed yeah. his girlfriend in a motorcycle accident. Oh yeah, they tried fucking on a motorcycle at the, while driving ninety miles an hour. I think that's how Doesn't it went. Right? Work. Ronnie Proudheart, his, yeah. his reprehensible Susie sleaze bag. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but just the general like uh, yeah, because I don't. I know so many people who just were like, yeah, I grew up like that, walked away from it, or it. Maybe did sometimes those are the people like the ones who like really fucked off the most and didn't give a shit are the ones who like in their thirties after kids are like kind of remind me of like their parents in the way that they're just back in church and just kind of like going. It's like, yeah, we just, this is what's right. We go to church now. Like they kind of like settled back in and, and didn't really seem to like think a lot deeper about it. They're just like, just fell into that as they li- once their life settled down. I don't know if anyone else feels similarly or has ex- thinks that uh, way. Yeah, I kind of feel like we, like me and Casey, anyway, we've talked about this. So we kind of feel like we're like five years behind or whatever with a lot of stuff, or like ten years behind with a lot of stuff. <laughs> I don't know. Like we experienced a lot of things late in life, and we're like coming to like different realizations late in life, or not late in life because we're not old or anything, but. It just seems like we're like certain mindsets and stuff, things that we're figuring out. I feel like we should have figured out like 10 years ago. Yeah. Our, our goal for this summer is to take Molly and go to a rave. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's 100 percent true, though. Like, um, you know, even even in like the, uh, you know, the stuff that I experience, like with music and being in a band and that being my identity, like. I feel like I did what 14 year olds do at 24, you know, yeah, yeah. where I had to like actually go, Oh, okay. Well it's, it's not like the music I like is not who I am. Like there's more to me than that. I hope, but it was, I, I think like in spite of all of that stuff, one of the things that like is hard to admit sometimes, but I think is absolutely true for me and maybe not for everybody, but for me, especially like, part of the reason that this was so hard to shake off is not just because it was like drilled into us, but it was also because it was comforting. It was like a security blanket and it gave you this assurance that like you knew what life was, you knew what the right path was. Like in spite of being at odds with it, some of the time you felt 100% confident that like you had an accurate picture of what things looked like Mm -hmm. through all of these different teachings and stuff. And that sometimes I think is like the hardest part to admit and the hardest part to let go of. Yeah. I really enjoy being comfortable (laughs) in all aspects. (laughs) I find it very easy to like lean back into complacency as well. And so it was, it was a lot of that. I think I really liked my like routine. I really liked, this is what I'm thinking and this is what I do or whatever. So if anything shook that up, it was just like, oh my goodness, the whole world is falling. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> so I can definitely even, see that. Even around like around concepts of human sexuality, you know, as a young kid, as a teenager, like those are like, they're not for everyone. Of course, they're those, and they're, they probably are for everyone. Like you have those kids in high school who are like, you know, they all talk about sex and wanting to get laid well before anyone does. And there, there is a general fear around it. There's a general like discomfort. There's nervousness. There's, I don't know what I'm doing. Like there's a, just probably a shyness around letting, I know like 
I would like just the fear of like, I don't know. I I'm scared that somebody will see me naked and think I look dumb. Like just anything, literally anything like all of your insecurities are under a magnifying glass when it comes to sexuality and navigating that for the first time. And, you know, I, at some level, I think purity culture gives anxious kids or kids with low self-esteem or not, it's, it could just be even normal kids who aren't just like, you don't really need to experience anxiety, depression, low self-esteem either. But like, it, it does give you this, this protective feeling of like, I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to navigate that. And I can, I can use this as a way to, to avoid those level. So then you, then you're stuck with those feelings into your late teens, your early twenties, your, and at that, at that point that you're getting over like any shame around your, your sexuality, your body, your whatever it is. I think that probably plays into why purity culture can, as much as it can, provides a level of anxiety, I think you can also stick to it because on the, like the, the flip side of that same coin is a level of comfort in not having to navigate those feelings at, at a young age where you don't even really know how to navigate your feelings. Yeah, it's true. It was, it's, it's funny because, well, yeah, it's hard because like, I don't know what part of that was that teaching and what part of that was just myself, my natural tendencies. But I mean, I guess, like I said before, it was maybe both at the same time, Mm -hmm. but I just like, didn't, it was really easy for me to just like, be like, eh, whatever. Like I didn't really long for sex at all. Like I just didn't think about it. It was like, whatever I might, I might want a first kiss or whatever. Sure. But I was just like, not interested in in that, like, I, I couldn't picture myself doing that with anybody, really. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, oh, okay, so once you get married, then it's a free-for-all. That's it. It's You got to just ter- flip a switch and be yeah. different. <laughs> so that's, like, a whole other thing. It's My weird. sister talked about, she just recently, like, told this story again, but she talked about, like, going to a sleepover with a bunch of, like, a group of, like, girls from the church and stuff that were, you know, Girls I knew, you know, people like us that just didn't, they never dated, they never had relationships and stuff until like after high school and into college. And they, they all pretty much dated and married the first person that they, that they had a relationship with. And she said that, uh, you know, they're talking about relationships and stuff. And these girls are like, I want to get married and I want kids, but I don't want to have sex. Yeah. I just don't want to have it ever. And I remember saying that too. That's like drilled into us. I think like in that, in that, in that community. And it's just, I don't know. It's just so much undue stress on something that is already like, has a lot of strings attached to it in terms of like your self-esteem and self-worth. And it's, I don't know. It just puts undue burden on something that, you know, really requires you to be vulnerable and stuff like that to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I, okay, so you'll hear polls and statistics and things like that, that will, that will show that women generally, like uh, uh, maybe around porn actually is probably where I've heard a lot of statistics is like, oh, women are as likely to watch porn as men are. 
or women are like women are as sexual as men are. That's not the world we grew up in. The world we grew up in is men are really sexual, women are not. I never in my entire life ever 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 heard a single guy say, "I don't know if I ever want to have sex." That didn't happen. <laughs> right. But that did right. happen with women. So like, yeah. like uh, apparently these women don't like that percentage of it doesn't isn't big enough to make up to to like, I don't know, make a difference in the percentages of women who aren't feeling that way when you're polling people as a whole. But I imagine that if you polled evangelical Christians or millennials who grew up evangelical, that they will be disproportionately affected by those messages. Or it, it, women is, in particular are, because that doesn't seem as uncommon. Like that seems more common than it should be given the statistics and the, that I've heard cited over the past five, six, seven years as I've kind of deconstructed my faith or, and been learning more about human sexuality and the way that purity culture affects people. So I think that is super notable that like you wouldn't hear a man say that. You would only hear a woman say yeah. that who grew up in evangelical culture. I mean, there there may be other people that say it, but I definitely feel like it is maybe more common. It would be interesting to see be interesting to do like a a po- like a couple different polls to see like what the results were. Yeah. So okay, um, I'm gonna warp speed ahead of here a little bit. Uh, just kind of like touching on some of that. Like, I feel like we're talking about a lot of the uh, the struggles involved with relationships and stuff. Uh, overall, you know, I think. April and I always like were able to pull through some of those tough times and stuff. Uh, a big part of that was because we've always just been like really good friends. Yes. In spite of whatever was going on with all of that stuff, like we always just had a ton of fun together and really enjoyed each other's company and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But talking about like moving past purity culture and everything um, back in, I well, You'd have to tell me how long ago it's been, maybe 2013 or something like that. Cosplay um, stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it was talk, talk about cosplay and like the role that that played in helping you deal with some of the things that we're talking about. So for those of you who don't know, cosplay is a combination of the word costume and play, and it is not sexual. I mean, some people it is, but not for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like it's like a recited thing now, but um, it's basically dressing up when it's not Halloween. I make my own costumes out of or uh, based on characters that I like from video games and other media. And in 2013, I started trying it out. And now I'm basically doing it like I kind of built an Internet following, which has been a whole lot of interesting times. (laughs) But (laughs) I I think that it helped me a lot because I met a lot of people during like when I first started and up until today um, that do like more like sexy modeling type of stuff. And when I first started, I was kind of just like, oh, yikes. Uh, these people that do this, they're over there. And then I make costumes. I'm over here and stuff. But then I started like meeting people and like becoming friends with people that did more modeling type of stuff. And it kind of showed me like that these are real people. They do this 
kind of modeling stuff because they they want to. It's not because they're trying to steal your partner or whatever. Like I was taught when I was younger, like any like like attractive model is trying to steal your husband. Like they're going to think about them instead of you. That's it. <laughs> You're done. You're ugly because they're looking at this person. That's it. And so like eventually, like over time, it kind of kind of opened my like mind to that. And eventually I started doing that kind of modeling at uh, the encouragement of Casey, but you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but now my biggest source of income is um, an OnlyFans account. So it's kind of like I have sort of become what I used to hate, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it sound pretty awful, but yeah, it's not. I mean, you know, coming from being encouraged to slut shame as a child, as a teen to sort of doing that kind of modeling has been very interesting. It's a lot of, a lot of weird, like mind stuff too <laughs> along the way. Yeah. Did that, um, so I, that probably, when you started it, you were obviously still unraveling some of the feelings uh, around like shit. I mean, around shame, purity culture, things like that. Was that like, did it feel like a big scary move to make that transition? Was there a lot of discomfort? Like, what was it? What was the f- what feelings that you have around making finally making the choice to like go from what you were doing to something that you thought you wouldn't do before? It was kind of it was kind of nerve wracking, and even still, like every time I would post something or every time we would do a set, I would be like kind of nervous about like what kind of pictures I was doing. Like, oh no, like. People are going to like see me and because I was always the person who would like in high school, I would change in the lot, the like bathroom stall. I didn't want anyone to see me in any, any state of undress at all or whatever. (laughs) But uh, I don't know. I'm not going to lie. The, uh, the income potential was a a pretty big motivator. (laughs) Yeah. I always say if I could not saying this is what you're doing. I'm just saying this for myself. If I could spread my butt cheeks on OnlyFans for a oh full gosh. salary, I'd do it. I mean, I, I don't have to guy spread. Said that. <laughs> I don't want to brag. I don't want to brag, but you know, I don't have to spread them to to yeah. make a decent income. <laughs> uh, it's true. Like, just touching on like the costume side of things, like which which is where you started just making like you know screen accurate video game costumes yes. and stuff. There's there's a lot of things that happened here that that helped along the way towards making peace with some of the purity culture stuff. But um, I feel like it represented a, a big change in your life. Like at the most basic level, I think it was like you had something that you were really good at, like making the costumes and stuff that you could pour yourself into and that you really built it you know, you really found a, a spot in a community doing that. Lot, like lots of great friends and stuff like that, that were all just like vibrant, creative people. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a big part of it. It helped me because for a while, a little bit before that I was kind of between jobs and I didn't really have a ton of hobbies. And so like, I wasn't extremely happy, I guess, like there was like an undercurrent of like dissatisfaction with my things that were going on, I guess. And discovering that hobby kind of brought a sort of new like vibrancy to my life, I guess. And like a new like confidence. Like I felt like I could make stuff and have it turn out pretty well for the time. (laughs) Um, 
and like we were doing like pictures and we were like going on like trips and stuff to do photos and everything learning photography and i was like like always learning new things about each costume so i think that kind of kick-started like a confidence level that i didn't really have before there's like i i feel like at a at a really basic level like part of what purity culture teaches girls is like don't draw attention to yourself like yeah. don't do anything that draws attention to you because that's dirty and that's wrong and i mean even at the most basic level like making costumes and going to a comic-con and taking pictures with people like is such a benign like you know uh pure-hearted activity and i feel like even even that in like a purity culture setting would draw like the ire of some people well, yeah like even like going back to like college days like i wanted like the attention and like the friendship of people but if it became anything like closer than that i was just like oh no 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 that's it that's no closer please <laughs> <laughs> but like as uh like as time went on like when we were doing the costume thing it kind of sort of showed me like oh no it's it's okay to like get like recognition and stuff for things that you make and everything so that helped me a lot i think sometimes i think about like how bad i am at accepting a compliment and it's like embarrassing oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> Oh. But I feel like that's part of it. And maybe that's not a purity culture thing. That's just like a, a, a quiet Midwestern conservative sort of culture thing. But like when somebody says that you did a really good job on something, you have to be like, no, no, uh, no, <laughs> you know, like it's it's awkward for somebody to just recognize that you did good at something. And that's almost like what was happening on a regular basis with cosplay, like uh you know, you were getting recognition for making these costumes and, and dressing up as characters that, I mean, you were, you just, you looked so much like the character, you know, people were constantly like, man, you did such a great job on this costume. You're like a perfect uh, Elizabeth from Bioshock and stuff like that. And like, maybe at the, in the beginning, like that's part of what helped was just like learning how to take those, that positive recognition, you know? Yeah, I think it was mostly just like surprising because I feel like I was I feel like I don't know. I feel like I could sometimes accept the compliments or whatever, but like I would always kind of like maybe joke about something else afterwards or whatever, because I don't think I had. I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I didn't grow up in the Midwest either. So <laughs> it's like kind of a little um, maybe different in that way. I'm not sure, but it was kind of like um I, I definitely was surprised though, like that the first time that we went to like a, a show or whatever, I was like, wow, people want my picture. Like, I don't know if it was like surprise or like suspicion, not suspicion, but kind of just like, what, what is this? Why are they doing this? So I'm so sure like you the- had to start uh, along somewhere along the way. You started getting um, uh, some unwelcome compliments from, cause oh, I, uh, I mean, the internet's full of really classy <laughs> people I know, and they're very much a stand up community. Oh yeah. 99%. But- sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure you've had, what kind of weirdo deflecting have you had to do? Any uh, cease and desists? Oh, we've sent so many, so many. Like, and I'll see, like, people will take your, like, if you upload pictures to OnlyFans or Patreon, people will take them and distribute them wherever. Uh, revenge porn websites, it's really great. It's awesome. Um, they're just like, thank you, great 
person who's providing a service of giving free content of this <laughs> mostly unknown internet person. <laughs> it's so dumb. Anyway, but yeah, um, ever since, basically ever since I started, I've been dealing with uh, annoying people online. The The first time that I ever remember dealing with that is I made the, the grave mistake of uploading pictures of myself to Imgur. The, I forgot uh, about that website. The stand-up website <laughs> of Imgur, <laughs> full of classy people who say things like, rape is the only thing that comes to mind. Yeah. I'm looking Jeez. at a picture of my face. <laughs> yeah. Or... It's so awful. The, the other classic from my Facebook page is wood cream pie. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, you know, they, they don't need to ask my permission or anything. It's fine. You don't need many words either. Just no wood cream pot. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need a lot. They're definitely not a caveman at all. <laughs> 10 out of 10 makes my penis burp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. The, the internet thing, the internet thing came in uh, in waves like over the years because it's it's weird, like how much it's changed, like building a following online. Like when you first started out, I mean, it, you could still like if you had 10,000 people on your Facebook fan page, like you could reach most of those people posting something. Yeah. But then the further along it got, the more it was necessary for something to like go viral for you to like gain followers and stuff. Yeah. And the viral moments were always like it was great because you're like, man, I'm getting like a whole bunch of new followers and stuff, but then you also get an influx of just the worst people. Oh, yeah. you, you spend like a week doing damage control. <laughs> <laughs> just filtering out and blocking perverts. Pretty much. Pretty much. You just like pick out a random detail and be like, you've disgusting elbows. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I think my favorite is when people try and point out something that they think is inaccurate to the character and I can prove them wrong with a screenshot. It's the best thing ever. Like one time somebody told me, I mean, and like, obviously people can cosplay whatever they want. You don't have to ju look just like the character or anything, but my, I personally try to look like the characters. And like one time someone told me that my, one of my costumes I needed to hit the gym because I wasn't muscular enough. Like my legs were too skinny. And I, it was a, a character that, is not is pretty slender and so i sent them a picture of her with her little chicken legs i was like eh, got it wrong you're wrong <laughs> i'm right <laughs> or they'd be like your wig isn't isn't thin enough or something or like needs more dirt and i'm just like this character is not dirty she has no dirt upon her why didn't you make yourself taller yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's such a strange that it's such a, those are such strange criticisms yeah. when it's like you know, you're not that person. Yeah, like it's not real. It's you can only do so much to make yourself look exactly like that person. Yeah, barring plastic surgery before each shoot. It's like, right. Jesus. Or like they'd be like, "Oh, you should have used real metal." And I'm just like, "Oh yeah, with the forge in my backyard." Yeah. Cool. With thanks. a six foot sword like that. Yeah. It's like yeah, that'd be 120 pounds. Definitely yeah. not going to lift that over my head. No thanks. I'm good. <laughs> Dude, the some of the funniest ones are the people who like there's a, a certain segment of followers that just come back with the same thing over and over and over again 
Oh my gosh. Like there's a guy on Facebook that every picture she's posted for like five years, he comments gorgeous hugs on on every photo. Every photo he's in there. <laughs> like there's multiple emojis in there too. Eggplant like oh, emojis. Yeah. What's- like roses and oh. hearts and all those, you know. The rose emoji. Do you feel like the rose emoji is the most romantic of emojis? Oh, totally. It definitely shouldn't be deleted the next time Apple does an update. <laughs> it seems so interesting that somebody would be, look, I mean, no knock on you. It's cool that you have fans that are there to support. I'm just, but, but when someone's consistently commenting and investing on a level like that for five years, it's like, yeah, what, who are you? And do you have a real life is what I want to know. The answer is no, <laughs> no, definitely not. Like this has moved from something that's just like, I'm a fan to I'm obsessed and I have yeah. a sex doll that looks just like you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, you know, at this point I would not be surprised. Someone out there's got one, whatever. <laughs> it's just like a, a scarecrow. Other than Casey for when you're out of town. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> just don't talk to me about it do whatever you want just don't talk to me about it <laughs> like why do you got to tell me about it <laughs> okay so you got to talk about the craziest moment in all of this which was the taylor swift thing oh yes so i had a couple makeup looks go viral a couple years ago um a couple so what happened was i think it was I don't know what magazine it was. Some online, some magazine that does online articles was like, Hey, they emailed me and they said, Hey, can we really like your Taylor Swift looks? Can you, can we like do an article about you? And I didn't get the message until the next morning. And by the time I was like getting ready to reply, they had already published the article with all my pictures on it. Wow. (laughs) And it was like Taylor Swift lookalike, whatever, blah, 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 all this stuff. And that sparked a lot of unpleasantries uh (laughs) it it grew my account a lot which was good i guess like it made my instagram grow and stuff and i got like a little gig where i went on did like a tv segment where they showed like you know like steel celebrity style like poor man taylor swift outfit for twenty (laughs) dollars and stuff and they had like a it was like a sec it was on what was it harry connick jr show um yeah, so they had like a Steel Celebrity style um, segment and they had me and a girl who looked like Ariana Grande and a girl who looked like Rihanna come out in like an outfit that was like a, a an affordable option of what they would wear or something like that, which was fun. It was cool, all that stuff. I had some cool things happen and uh, but I had a lot of uh, a lot of weird things happen as well. Like that's a, a lot of mean teenagers decided to tell me that I was ugly <laughs> um and and or like telling me like Jeez. you can't be her there's only one i'm just like obviously <laughs> <laughs> duh like what is what's what's the deal here who cares why is it such a big deal um but they were very offended that i wore red lipstick and winged liner it was very offensive to them well and like so this one article came out and what, what we learned through this experience is that all of the clickbait articles that you see, like all of those publications just like copy and paste each other's work. They do. Because they're just, they're just constantly putting out content, right? Yeah, because yeah. after that, there was like five 
six, seven other articles that came out right after that. It was a bunch. I mean, over the course of like a couple of months, yeah. it was probably 30 articles. Yeah, it was like Cosmo and Yahoo and all those, you know, whatever. Not Vogue really news. And Vogue and <laughs> yeah, if you Google April Gloria Taylor Swift, like, and just click news and like a uh, ton of different articles come up and it's all the same stuff. Like they use the same pictures, same they, pictures from 2016. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was just a, a weird experience. Uh, got a lot of radio stations that were like, Hey, can you come in and pretend to be Taylor oh Swift gosh. and try to trick people? Yeah. I, well, I did an interview on a local radio station That's and then they were so like, Hey, weird. do you want to come to this tiny Kansas mall and pretend to be her? And see if we can trick people into thinking that Taylor Swift is at our tiny little Kansas mall. I'm just like, no, thank you. (laughs) First of all, I am only five foot five. She is like five foot ten or even taller in heels. There's no way that people are that stupid. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, people aren't super smart. They're... Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it would have just been embarrassing. It would for have been you. really embarrassing. Yeah, that's for embarrassing. Because then yeah. you have to be like, gotcha. And then you have to deal with people <laughs> being like, oh, we're going to murder you now. So that's yeah. not fun. And then like, it felt like they were just using me for like fodder almost. It was yeah, just I mean, well, like... they just want people to listen to their stupid fucking show probably. Yeah. Local radio is the worst yeah. medium. It's like, like that when they do prank garbage. calls and stuff. You're just like, oh my gosh, and they're trash. You're like, that's not even a prank. That's just like, hey, uh, your son was in a horrible car wreck and he's on life support. And they're like, oh my, and gotcha. And you're like, that's not a prank call. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. It's Mojo in the morning. Yeah. You just won two free tickets to uh, to Stained at the yeah. State Fair. Yeah. Uh, they put like a like a falling down noise or something on the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> Boing! <laughs> like a there's also there's always a fart noise and oh yeah oh my god <laughs> worst yeah I got a lot of weird messages after that like a lot of uh, a lot of strange comments and messages I actually have a folder on my phone for all of like the weird messages that I get not all of them because a lot of times like before this I just deleted them all but I was getting such an influx and I'm like man I got to save these. So I can look back and laugh at how stupid they are. <laughs> These are my favorite. My folder is called Dum Dum Boys. <clears throat> and uh, the first one that I have in here, uh, I don't know when it was sent. Oh, 2017. So like right after all this stuff was happening, it says it was an email to me. He says, can I ask a favor? I am of the opinion that women are more beautiful without makeup in terms of the look without makeup. Could you send a picture? After looking, I promise I will delete. Oh, <laughs> after looking, I promise I will delete. So I'm sure it is very you trustworthy. Will. No one's yeah. ever followed through on that promise. Yeah. No, I love the. I like that lane of guy who's like who thinks that because they tell women they look better, like they that's yeah. a virtue to them. They think they're like super virtuous. I think it's the ultimate compliment. Yeah. to tell like, dude. Stop it trying. screams like you don't even have to try. You don't have to spend time putting on makeup in front of me because I'm just so obsessed with you. Oh my gosh! It's... Yeah, that's like boomer compliment. That's yeah, like yeah. something that your your uncle tells your aunt. He's like, she she gets all dressed up and puts on makeup and stuff, and he's like, ah, you don't need all that makeup. Like as if it's a compliment. As if Ugh. it's like, oh, you're so pretty without it. What it what it actually translates to is like, 
you look horrible and I don't like it. Wash it off. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, how dare she put on makeup because she likes how she looks in it. Wow. <laughs> you're allowed to express yourself. No. Yeah, if you're a single dude and you're listening right now and you're just trying to figure out how to connect with a girl, don't do that. No, yeah, yeah. no, no, no. Don't. Please Say, don't. wow, your makeup looks great. That's it. Yeah, if I you love can your tell makeup. She put effort into it. She's wearing purple eyeshadow. Like, I love your purple eyeshadow. Well, there he goes. <laughs> she picked that purple eyeshadow for a reason. Okay, these tips are because for free. she likes it. You don't even have to subscribe to her OnlyFans for these. So, yeah, that's for free. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna see if I can find some other. Uh, yeah, um, waiting for another one here. Oh, there's always sure there's the some great ones. Let's see. Oh, this is one with with a spelling error. I think spelling errors are kind of funny. Um, they say when you walk in the streets, people might ask you for an author graft <laughs> and think you're Taylor. <laughs> That's such a lame compliment. It's such cool. a lame thing to say anyway. Like, yeah, well, I get that so much. People are like, "Oh my gosh, do people like stop you in the street?" And I'm just like, "No, they never do. Literally let's, never." Let's be honest. Like, if if Taylor wasn't near where Taylor lives, if she was like in the Midwest, like, and just threw on sweatpants and a t-shirt and put her hair back in a ponytail and walked into a store, bought a gallon of milk and walked out. I'm sure nobody would say anything like that. Right. Like you, you can be a celebrity and be like a little, it's hard to be normal if you're in your certain area, but like you're not, there's plenty of people who look at Netflix. Like if you're in New York and you see someone who looks like Conan, it's probably Conan and you're going to say hi to him. But like, right. I don't you're know. In, I just, you're so in the funny. middle of Kansas. Like, honestly, you think if, I don't know, it's just, it's like, so, it's so dumb. Like if, <laughs> if Taylor Swift is in Kansas, she's just doing whatever. Is she really going to walk out with a wing liner and red lipstick in exactly. public? I don't think she's going to do that. That would be like, if you're a celebrity, you want to minimize the amount of paparazzi when you just want to mind your own business. Yeah. At that point, people would be like, that looks a lot like Taylor. What's Taylor doing in Kansas? Probably nothing. That's probably not Taylor. And then they yeah, just go about their exactly. business. <laughs> like it's people like it's, it's a weird like glamorization of that kind of thing. Like, and like, I, I don't wear that makeup out in public <laughs> very much. Like, I don't know. Like it got, it did get to a point where I was like purposefully stopped wearing that sort of, makeup like the red lipstick and stuff like i haven't worn red lipstick in forever now because i'm just like i don't want because like i don't know it's, it's a really weird it's a weird thing it's odd it's like a whole yeah to just be constantly accused of trying to look like somebody else when you're yeah. just trying to wear red lipstick like everybody yeah, else because because that was a whole other thing it's like oh you're intentionally copying her entire life like yeah no there's just a couple you know a couple features that kind of sort of line up sometimes and like maybe like, well, one thing, like I always hated my natural hair color, which happens to be like an ash blonde that Taylor Swift's hair is. And looking at that color on her, I'm like, wow, that looks great. Like maybe I'm cool with my natural hair color now. Like it kind of helped me kind of come to grips with that. And yeah. like, like the eyebrow shape, like I never wanted like to have like, I always thought like, oh, my eyebrows look too angry. Like, I don't want to look angry. Like my arch, I, like I would, I wanted like straight, like Daenerys eyebrows. Like I really wanted those like thick, like straight eyebrows. But like seeing them on, on Taylor kind of was like, okay, so she looks pretty. And like other people too, like Nicole Kidman has those really arched eyebrows. I was like, they look great. 
and they have those eyebrows, maybe it's okay if I have those eyebrows too. So check, it's like, it's actually helped me in some sort of way, in a weird way. But in other ways, it's just kind of like, it's been real weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite, like, uh, like for a, that you want to send us off with? A favorite comment? Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so many. There's so many. Hold on. Let me look and see. Um, well, there's there's a couple. There's one that's like, are you trying to look like Taylor Swift? It's sad. <clears throat> it makes me sad. It makes me sad. Oh, another one. You will look prettier if you don't wear makeup. Heart emoji. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And then Saw there's... That that lane again. Here's a classic. Uh, smiley face. Eat less, pretty gal, and maintain your beautiful. Oh, Jesus. Uh-huh. Less? Did you say eat less? Eat less. Yep. Okay. Maintain your beautiful. Oh, and I, I also had to change my phone number because I, I kept getting email or kept getting text messages from like promoters in the Bay Area that wanted me to come to their events and stuff. I don't know how my phone number got leaked. Somewhere. It was somewhere online and somebody called me and Casey answered the phone and then they hung up and then they said they messaged me and they were like oh is this April like I want you to come to my daughter's birthday party as Taylor Swift and I'm just like who is this and how did you get my number and they were like oh are you mad <laughs> I'm like uh I'm not yeah, happy kinda. <laughs> <laughs> there's been some weird things over the years yeah like well at, yeah sorry at, uh, at one point we were leaving the house and the mail truck pulled up and we live in the middle of nowhere. Tiny, you know? tiny town. Yeah. There's only a few houses like within, you know, five square miles of us. We're just out there. And so the mail guy pulls up and uh, he's a young kid that I've never seen before. He's got some mail for us. So I just walk across the street to get it from him directly. And he goes, uh, is your wife, is she that, uh, that Taylor Swift girl? And I'm like, you know, I don't know if they do like HR training when you get hired on at the post office, but I can't imagine that this is something that's yeah. not against policy. Like, like, great. Now somebody knows where we live and like, yeah, just like bizarre things like that yeah. over the years. I think the absolute weirdest, most uncomfortable thing was a guy who on Instagram created a group chat with me and Taylor Swift's official account and proceeded to type out a role play situation between the three of us <laughs> with photos. Oh my God. He like, Dude, it was, it was good. Actually. It, it was, was really like, <laughs> it was like you come down the stairs and I, I greet you and we have, we have dinner and there's like a picture of like a, a fake, like cruise ship inside or something like that. And like a, a picture of like a girl tied up or something like that. Yeah. And then afterwards it was like, you both uh, say that was great. Let's go get ice cream. Oh, <laughs> it, something. It's like, it's like that, <laughs> that always sunny episode where Dennis is writing his erotic novel. Yeah. <laughs> a, he's like, dude, your boobs are awesome. Oh my gosh. It's <laughs> literally it's like that kind of writing. Like my first thought was like, Oh my gosh, I hope that, like out of all the millions of messages that she gets, I hope this is not the one that she sees and attaches my name to because I was, I'm not a willing participant in this. Absolutely <laughs> not. 
<laughs> what if that was your first conversation? Taylor actually responds. She's like, oh my gosh. This is really messed up, guys. <laughs> I'd be like, l- I agree. With it. <laughs> I hate this. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Man. Well, April, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Appreciate you recounting some uh, fun stories and comments. And well, I've got just... enough of those to last 10 years. <laughs> yeah, that means uh, I, about the about the span of time it's been since we've last talked. So <laughs> pretty much I got I got enough. <laughs> you could be here for a while. <sighs> so uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back on Tuesday with a, another regular episode of Grown Up Christian. And if you're not in the discord, you know, definitely jump in there. You can find the link on any of our social media pages and you can talk to me and Sam and and April. And if you want to, if you want to see my costumes, you can look at me on Instagram. uh, Yes. At at underscore April Gloria, because somebody has taken at April Gloria unfairly. (laughs) So I got costumes on there. I have a, a Facebook page, April Gloria cosplay. Um, I also have OnlyFans if you're into that sort of thing as well as a Patreon. And I also stream on Twitch. I play video games on Twitch Mondays and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central Time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you do want to send in your erotic fan fiction, um, April's not really into it. But, you know, feel free to include me and Sam in any of those descriptions. So yeah, we can... if you, if you <laughs> pay them, then they'll rate it for you. Exactly. I'll rate your fan fiction. I will even... <laughs> I will even read it on the podcast. Oh. You could make good money if you were like, for 20 bucks, I'll proofread your fan fiction for spelling <laughs> errors. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for listening, and we will catch you next time.